afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Garden Chapel Youth Group Podcast. I'm Pastor Pete, and with me is Jacob Rink, our pastoral intern, and we're catching you up on the Youth Group Sunday School Classroom. Jacob has been going through the book of Colossians, discussing a variety of issues and topics over the last couple weeks. Today, we are taking a look at Colossians chapter 2 together. So, Jacob, what are some of the topics in today's section that we need to talk about for teens? Yes, like you said, we went through uh, chapter 2 this last week, and we really talked about, like, seeing the difference in the relationship, uh, like, between understanding the mystery of God and having assurance of salvation. We talked about the two of those and how important they are to, uh, to live our, out our lives as Christians, and then to understand that, like, you know, Christ ultimately came, and now, like, we're to follow him and not be worried about the practices of, like, human uh, traditions and doctrines and stuff like that. And so you see in this beginning section that Paul's revealing his like great concern for the Colossian church and that he wants their hearts to be knit together in love and that they can have an assurance of knowing this mystery of God, which has already been talked about before, but this mystery has been revealed through Christ. And so he is really uh, like happy that they've been in good order and he encourages them to ultimately hold firm in their faith. Cool, yeah, and Paul, Paul of course, is talking to this church at it's probably undergoing a number of different issues, uh, whether it be outside attack from uh, people. But the later half of this chapter makes it seem like there's some philosophies and things coming into the church that Paul wants them to be weary of. And so, yeah, encouraging their hearts, helping them understand this mystery. As Jacob said, it's in Christ. This mystery has been revealed, and it's what Christ has done for Christians, how we can have forgiveness through what Christ has done on the cross. This next section that you said Paul is concerned about these people, and we highlighted, there seems to be some uh, problems or some philosophies coming into the church. Uh, verses 4 and 5 kind of show us some reasons for concern. Uh, Jacob, why don't you talk about what Paul's kind of warning them about? Yeah, so Paul was a little bit concerned for the, uh, the believers in uh, the Colossian church just because he didn't want anybody to deceive them. Like, obviously, there was imposters out there. There were people that could have easily tricked them and gotten into their heads. So he just wants to remind them, hey, like, be on the lookout for these people that can get into the, uh, your hearts and minds and kind of deceive you. And he's also concerned that, uh, like, he isn't with them. So, obviously, as we talked about in the previous chapter, he's in prison. He can't make it out there to visit these believers. So he does have some concern that he's never met them, but it's just a reminder to be on the lookout as they uh, as they are moving forward with their faith. Yeah, I think it's easy enough to say Paul doesn't want the church to get led astray here uh, by things that they may be taught or told to them to say, hey, this goes along with Christ. Like, you have to follow the law. You have to do this or that. Um, we're going to see, you know, worshiping angels or doing festivals and Sabbaths and things like that may have come in. And um, Paul, yeah. I mean, he's not there with them. He's probably scared that maybe leadership is lacking. There's mm -hmm. no one really to give guidance to. And so, you know, I think that is a great reason why he includes this in his uh, letter to them. Yeah. And even though that he talks about, like, that he's concerned for them, he does mention that they are, that he can see that they're in good order and that they're, uh, they're standing firm in their faith. And he also, like, gives them, like, an uh, example, like, oh, that they need to be walking in Christ, that, that they should be following his rules, his commands, and that also that like they should be abounding in thanksgiving. So in our time during Sunday school, we talked about like what are we thankful for? Like what are we thankful for the most? And you know, we get all sorts of answers like family, friends, stuff like that, and that's like really good. And just being aware of like what are we thankful for as we go throughout our day that Christ has provided us with. Yeah, and I agree with you on that one because 
being thankful and grateful for what we have is a key part of the Christian life. Uh, the idea that we shouldn't be grumbling and complaining, but we should be thankful for all the good things that God has given to us, uh, both spiritually, which is forgiveness and redemption and salvation, but also physically. What do we see in our everyday life that we understand these things are from God and we should be thankful for them? Uh, yeah, and in verses 6 and 7 are, are key ones that me and Paul use all the time for counseling. Uh, we talk about walking in a manner worthy. That's mm -hmm. a daily thing that you have to choose to walk with Christ each and every day. Um, salvation is a one-time choice, but the thing is, it's a battle to keep that mindset and that attitude of, I need Christ every single day, uh, and I need to be living by God's Word and by uh, the, the Holy Spirit. Uh, being rooted, you know, that's established. That's being really hard to pull out. I think about uh, weeding my yard this last summer. We had those nasty big weeds that have prickly things right on the edges of them but like you try to pull them out and you only get the top half of the root mm -hmm. and then i took a shovel and i was really pressing down in and digging them out and i mean those things were rooted deep and that's kind of what paul's talking here is get rooted in your faith uh be established in christ and then finally built up and if you think about a house once you have a good foundation you can build really whatever you want on top of that foundation yeah for sure uh and here he's talking about that in the spiritual life adding thanksgiving and gratefulness to their walk. All right, this next section here, 8 through 23, is a big section. Uh, we're just going to talk about it in a real quick overview. But, uh, Jacob, why don't you tell us what's being covered here in verses 8 through 23? Yeah, so I think a word that best describes this section of chapter 2 is the word beware. Um, and Paul is just, like, kind of using that word, like, or using the word beware to show them like the dangers that are surrounding them as they walk forward in their Christian uh, faith. And you know, that includes things like being cheated in philosophy, deceit, false humility, worship of angels, like uh, wrong philosophy, uh, visions, and uh, ultimately like staying away from the doctrines of men. And then he kind of summarizes it up with like, only in Christ will they be made complete. Yeah, and, and beware, I think you're right. Absolutely. I mean, this whole section seems to be about, hey, there are some things coming into you, coming into your church that you're hearing about. Don't get carried away with these things. Remember what Christ has done for you. He's saved you. He's raised you with him. He's given you power to live for him. He's made you alive. Um, canceling the record of your debt. I mean, these things are, are really hammering what Christ has done for us in a I think in opposition to what may be coming in, which is, hey, you need to work for your salvation. If you eat and drink this food, well, you could lose your salvation, or maybe that just means you're not saved. Um, you know, for angels, uh, you'll see that if you read through this chapter, angel worship is part of it. Angel worship was something big by the Jews back then. In Hebrews, the Jewish people had this idea that angels were held in really high position, like they were second to God, and that was it. And you know, the writer of Hebrews makes it very clear. The sun is above angels. Angels are cool. They're supernatural beings. They're ministers to God, but they're not meant to be worshipped or praised. And in this in this section, the church seems to be warned, don't follow angels. Don't worship them. Mm. Um, and then you also have here, you know, asceticism, this idea of the doctrines of men. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so as we move forward and we talked about all these different practices or the doctrines of men, which is just like various rules and laws, like honestly, they have like no value overall. 
Like, the only thing that is really going to, like, help us fight against our fleshly nature, our desires, is the looking towards God, looking towards uh, His Son that He sent for us that gives us the opportunity to uh, fight these, uh, these battles that we're having. And, like, while rule following, you know, maybe it's good, ultimately, it's like following these rules causes us to become prideful. It becomes less on what Christ did for us and more on, oh, well, I followed this rule. I completed this. I'm better than this person. And so it just, it becomes more of a comparison game instead of relying on what Christ did for us and ultimately looking to be him to be thankful. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Comparison is a very dangerous, slippery slope, especially for teens. Um, I know for myself, it was always equating myself with my other fellow peers who called themselves Christians. Am I doing what they're doing? Am I better than them at mm -hmm. this? You know, it, it can easily lead us to a problem area. Um, you know, sal salvation and, and the Christian life is not comparing ourselves to others. It's comparing ourselves with ourselves. It's how am I doing personally with my relationship with Jesus? Um, and I like your note here, you know, what rules have I falsely believed in um, that I need to follow in order to be saved? And I think that's a habit that we can easily get into is this mindset of, hey, we need to follow something in order to maintain our salvation um, or something like that. And, you know, the law, these good works that we do don't save us. We need to remember that. Mm -hmm. We need to hold to our faith in Christ. And I, I think that's key there is men mentality and attitude. We're saved by Christ. And then because we love Christ and we understand what he's done, i.e. going back to thankfulness, because we're thankful of what God's done for us, it changes how we act. Yeah, absolutely. And it causes us to want to follow these rules or principles that God put into play long ago. Like, obviously, like they're not something that we have to follow to be saved, but because we're saved, we want to follow them. We want to live a life after Christ that will ultimately please him. Yeah, and I like, you have First uh, Samuel 16, 7 here. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. I think this is really important because for me as a pastor, it's really easy to look at someone's actions uh, and judge them pretty easily. Uh, but the thing is, I can't see what the heart is, so I have to be careful. I have to leave that up to God. But also when I look at myself, sometimes I only look at my outward actions, especially when I'm trying to evaluate my spiritual life or how I'm doing in my walk with Christ. I can look at what I'm doing instead of looking at how is my heart behind, behind all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think that's key. I, I love that you pulled that verse out for this. Um, so just some final questions that I want to ask you here uh, as we close up this section. The first thing is you, you simply have here, can others see that you're living for Christ and how do we evaluate some of that stuff? Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think it's important for not only teens, but just everybody is like, is your life showing fruit? Like if uh, you walk out maybe into the grocery store or going to school or something like that, will others see that you're living a life for Christ? Like is that going to be evidenced in your daily walk? Like is it going to be uh, something that people see in you? Like will they be able to spot out, oh yeah, he's definitely a believer. Or is it going to be something like, oh, you're more like following some of the, the worldly practices. Like if you were to go and tell your friends that you were a Christian, will they be able to see a difference in you? versus maybe somebody else. So that was kind of just something that we evaluated as time went on. Okay. Um, and then I also like your question here. You asked, as you kind of finish up this chapter, you know, are you complete in Christ? For teens to consider that is highly important. 
but I like your second question here. Or do you just follow traditions, i.e. going to church, going to Sunday school, Bible reading? Are you just doing those things because your parents ask you to? Or do you actually see these things as important in your own life? So I, I do like that comparison of being complete in Christ and doing things. You know, we're living out the change that Christ has made us. Or are we just following traditions, coasting by on what our parents have told us? Do we truly believe it in heart? Yeah. So... Um, and then the final thing you have here is, are you too worried about rule following than following the ruler? Explain a little bit about what you mean there. So I think it's just one thing that we all need to think about in our own lives. Like, are we too focused on, or are we going to follow all these rules that have been put in place, whether it's from our parents, from maybe even the Bible, just like things like that, uh, the Old Testament law. Like, are we so focused on following these rules and comparing ourselves and trying to make ourselves look better then losing the reason behind all these rules, which is we're trying to make ourselves more like the ruler, which is ultimately Christ, like we're supposed to be following after him and what he says. So often it becomes a game of I'm so focused on following these rules instead of the reason behind these rules is becoming more like Christ. All right. Well, thank you, Jacob, for taking time today to talk about this. We want to encourage you guys to come back on out Sunday mornings at 930 to 1030 to join us for our youth group Sunday school hour. Uh, we hope to see you there next week.